Good morning. So I want to start by asking everyone a question. So let's watch this clip. Where's the lamb sauce? Come on, man. This is the lamb Where's sauce. Where's the lamb sauce? sauce? Right here, chef. I lamb sauce it. is coming up. There's just nothing coming together. There is nothing coming together. Where is the lamb sauce? A few weeks ago, actually a few months ago, God woke me up and asked me this question in the middle of the night. So let me explain. Um, in our house during COVID, I'm sure you have all adopted really fun and quirky hobbies. It happens when you shelter in place. Uh, in our house, my husband, Victor, has decided to uh, start cooking. And I love to cook, so I welcome the help. And so he has become obsessed with Gordon Ramsay. He, you know, he, he walks around with that very quote, but in his really horrible British accent. Where's the lamb sauce? And I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. But he, he's probably binge-watched all of Hell's Kitchen, all 18 seasons, for those of you that are interested. Um, so in the Coda house, Gordon Ramsay's a big deal. Um, and during this time in COVID, um, I've been diving in my devotional time into the life of David. And I love his story because David was a musician, a writer, he was a worship leader, and he was also just a really likable guy. Like, we read the Psalms, we read the story of David, we're like, you know, man, I like you. You're a cool guy. But what I love most is that he is described as being a man after God's own heart. I love that. Like, I go back and I'm like, wow, what a way to be described. Like, if someone was like, what's Brianna like? I would want them to say, wow, she's a person after God's heart. That would be such the greatest description. So that's what we're going to talk about today. I know that you're on the edge of your seats to know how this whole, like, lamb sauce thing is going to play in. But just bear with me, and, and all will be revealed in due time. Uh, by show of hands, I'm going to ask you guys a, another question. How many of you would say that you want to be used by God? I want God to use you. I love that. First service too, all the hands in the room went up. Do you know that right now in the middle of, you know, a worldwide pandemic, in the middle of unrest, in the middle of rioting and elections and all the stuff, fake news, all of it, God is busy looking for people who are after his heart. So I would like you to read along with me in your notes. You can go ahead, right on the front. We're going to read our memory verse. It's 2 Chronicles 16, 9. And it says, God is always, go ahead and underline that, on the alert, constantly, constantly, go ahead and underline that, on the lookout for people who are totally committed to him. Always means always. Constantly means constantly. It doesn't stop. All the time, he is looking for people who are totally committed to him. So we can, we can agree that he's looking for people. So what kind of people is God looking to use and why? What kind of people does God choose? You can go ahead and go with me to 1 Corinthians 1, 28 and 29. It's also in your notes. Um, in the time that it was written, the Greeks, they were really focused and looking for heroes, 
they appreciated the people who were strong, the people who were smart, uh, the people uh, who were beautiful. They really revered beauty. And so those are the people they were looking for. Not much different than us, right? We're looking at our YouTubers, our social media influencers, um, our overnight sensations, you know? Oh, wow, that's so cool. They must be the ones that God wants to use. But it says in 1 Corinthians 1, you can read along with me, God has also chosen the world's insignificant and despised people and nobodies, nobodies, go ahead and circle that, in order to bring to nothing those who amount to something so that nobody may boast in the presence of God. Paul is telling them, hey, you know what? You're not going to find a whole lot of impressive people around here. I want you guys to do something for me. I want you to turn to the person next to you and say, you're unimpressive, And now I want you to turn back and say, thank you. Because that is actually the greatest compliment you will receive, and you will find out why. You know, I love the way Charles Swindoll puts it. He sums up the life of David, and he says, I choose nobodies and turn them into somebodies. Because God isn't looking for impressive people for one reason. Bottom line he wants, he wants all of the glory. That's his heart. That's what he's looking for. Which brings me to Gordon Ramsay and the lamb sauce. I told you that this would all tie in somehow. So God woke me up in the middle of the night. I'm not a person that gets up in the middle of the night very often. I enjoy my sleep. I treasure it. But God literally woke me up at 2 a.m. And he's like, Brianna, where's the lamb sauce? And I was like, oh, well, maybe, like, I fell asleep watching something, I don't know, a cooking show. Maybe I had a pizza late last night. I don't know. I don't know what any of this means. So he asked me again, Brianna, where's the lamb sauce? And I said, Lord, what do you mean? Like, Holy Spirit, tell me what you mean by this. So he began to reveal to me this idea of sauce. How many people in here enjoy cooking? They like a good sauce? I like that. Okay. You're going to enjoy this. So in the culinary world, a sauce has several key ingredients. And those ingredients distinguish it as a specific type of sauce for a very specific purpose. Today, the sauce that I'm going to talk about is the lamb sauce. Not sauce that you put on lamb, although that's delicious. I love that. But we're talking about the sauce that God's looking for when he's looking for people who are after his heart. So like all, like all good sauces, it has some basic ingredients. There are four ingredients to lamb sauce. So you can follow along with me inside your notes. Go ahead and turn with me. The first ingredient in lamb sauce is humility. You can go ahead and fill that in your notes. Humility. What is the purpose of sauce? Like, why is it there? It is there to draw attention to whatever it is drizzled on. So when you go to a restaurant and you have a fine dining experience and you've spent, you know, $100 on a really good 
steak and you walk out, you don't go, wow, I am so full, that was great sauce. No, you walk out going, oh my gosh, the best steak ever, best lamb ever, best fish ever. The sauce was there. It enhanced it. It drew attention to it. But it's not what gets the glory. If you are a man or a woman after God's heart, your job is to draw attention to the lamb, the lamb of God. And when God uses you, he wants people to walk away from that experience, not saying, oh, wow, what a great message. What a great worship. What, what a great thought that you had. Oh, what a great thing that you did. No, he wants people to walk away from their encounter with you saying, worthy is the lamb. That's the goal. That is the goal. So I want you to turn with me in your notes again. Revelation 5, 11 through 14. It's in your notes. And I, when I read, I like to imagine what I'm reading. I'm a very visual reader. I don't know how many visual readers there are out there. Um, but I like to really picture it. So for those of you that are visual readers, go ahead and picture with me as we read this in your notes. Then I looked and heard the voice of many angels numbering thousands upon thousands and 10,000 times 10,000. And they encircled the throne and the living creatures and the elders. And in a loud voice, they were saying, worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. And then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and on the sea, and all that is in them, saying, to him who sits on the throne, and to the Lamb, be praise, and honor, and glory, and power forever and ever. The four living creatures said, amen, and the elders fell down and worshiped. This is the posture and the atmosphere of heaven. This is what's going on right now. Now, all praise, all honor, all glory, all blessing, not to anybody there, but to the lamb who sits on the throne. His only desire is to see his people, what they do, bring him glory, to see him exalted. First Samuel talks about him finding such a person. Again, we're talking about David. Um, in chapter 13, verse 13 and 14 in First Samuel, it says, when they're talking about David, the Lord has sought out for himself a man after his own heart. And the Lord has appointed him as ruler over his people. When God appointed Saul, his rule was short-lived because he thought he was on the throne. God made him king, but he wasn't the one on the throne. That's why David was a man after God's heart. He knew that God allowed him to sit as head over Israel, but God was still on the throne. Saul thought that being king was the goal. But David knew that God was the goal. He was the goal, the only goal. If we're to be people after God's heart, people that he can use, he is going to have to be our only goal. Our only goal. 
So I want us to ask ourselves, I'm asking a lot of questions, and I, I'm asking them because these are the questions God asked me in the middle of the night. As he was revealing this to me, he's like, hey, Brianna, like, let's go through this sauce. Like, let's check your heart. And he asked me, am I looking to bring glory and attention to myself, or am I looking to bring glory to the Lamb? I want each of us to be honest with ourselves today. You know, in my bed in the middle of the night, God's like, Brianna, are you looking to bring attention to you? Or are you looking to bring attention to me? Where's the lamb sauce? Which brings us to our next ingredient. So first we have humility. And number two, we have authenticity. The best sauces, the ones you go, oh, they're so good, have fresh and authentic ingredients. It's fresh. You go to the store, you pick the fresh stuff. You don't go to the big lots and pick the jar off the back wall and be like, ah, the sauce, I have found it. No, it's fresh and it's authentic. And God is asking today, is your lamb sauce really not lamb sauce? Read with me in your notes, John 4, 23. It says, it's who you are and the way you live that count before God. Your worship must engage your spirit in the pursuit of truth. That's the kind of people the Father is out looking for. Those who are simply and honestly themselves before him in their worship. I know we come in on Sundays and, you know, maybe we're a little tired. Maybe we had a bad night, whatever it is. Are we standing here? Even when those first two songs hit, is that just background noise as we're getting ready for a message? Oh, they're going to start in a minute. This doesn't matter. Or is this the moment where we are authentic and open and honest before God? He's giving you an opportunity, and he is asking, where's the lamb sauce? So we're going to ask ourselves a few more probing questions. Because we have to be honest with ourselves and with the Lord if we're going to be authentic. So, first question, are you passing yourself off as something that you're not? Do you walk like lamb sauce and talk like lamb sauce? Maybe you look like lamb sauce, you know? You've got that, like, uh, youth pastor vibe, you know, with your boots and your ripped jeans, and you're like, hallelujah, and you're walking out, right? You look like lamb sauce, but are you lamb sauce? Are you spending time with the Lord, or are you faking it? You know, right now, we are in a, a generation of Instagrammers, right? So they're going to have time with the Lord, and I'm going to pull out my coffee, right? I'm going to pull out my coffee and my Bible, and the sun's going to just hit it just right. And it's going to look so good. And then I'm going to post time with Jesus, nothing better, you know? And it's going to get, like, however many likes it gets, Right? But how much time did I really spend with the Lord after that post ended and I closed my Instagram? Did I spend time at his feet or am I faking it for everyone else? Do you and I really want what God wants in our lives or is it only when it looks and sounds and feels like we want it to? That's a hard one. Lord, I'm after your heart. I'm after your heart. And he's like, Brianna, go do this. And I'm like, yeah, I'm good. Thank you. I don't want to do that today. Wow. I'm not really after his heart, am I? Um, my senior year of high school, 
I had just come off a mission trip. I was 17. And I laid in bed one night, and I was like, Lord, I want you to take my life and do whatever you want with it. It's a very bold question to ask of God for, like, a statement for, for a 17-year-old to make. And just coming off of that, like, mission trip high, uh, I was like, oh, I had visions, you know, Mother Teresa, Billy Graham, you know, flashes of, what, you know, what's God's going to do? And a couple weeks later, I came down very ill. I spent my entire senior year of high school with the doctors not knowing what was wrong. And I missed my first year of college, even though I had been accepted. And it did not look or sound or feel anything like what I thought it would. It was a season of brokenness. But in that season, I knew I had given him my life. I had given him permission to do what he wanted to do, and I knew he would bring something out of it. And that moment as a 17-year-old set the touchstone for every other moment that I would experience as an adult. I've experienced some tragedy in my family. Even since Victor and I have gotten married, we have experienced deep tragedy and deep pain. And it was that moment as a 17-year-old building that trust that let me know that he was going to bring glory out of it. How authentic is your sauce? How real are you with God? Are you faking it or do you have those fresh ingredients? Which brings us to number three. So we have humility. We're giving him all the glory, right? We have being authentic, being real before the Lord. And number three, we have forgiveness. Oh, that is not a word we like very much. God was like, Brandon, this is the next ingredient. And I was like, oh, really? It's not my favorite ingredient. Forgiveness. It's a big one. Because Jesus, the Lamb of God, forgave everyone that will ever be. No limits, no exceptions, no holes barred. That's the way that he forgives. He forgives all the way. Romans 5, 7, and 8 says, Now, who of us would dare to die for the sake of a wicked person? We can all understand if someone was willing to die for a truly noble person. But Christ proved God's passionate love for us by dying in our place while we were lost and ungodly. In the midst of our ugliness, he forgave you. He forgave me. He forgave the person sitting next to you. He forgave the person that's hurt you. He forgave everyone. No questions, no limits. So God asked me, Brianna, how are you at forgiving? I was like, mm, okay. Brianna, is it conditional? Is your forgiveness conditional? I will forgive you if... I will forgive you as soon as, or you know what? If you come and make things right, I'll forgive you. If you own up to your end of whatever has happened, then I'll forgive you. God hasn't called us to have conditional forgiveness. Is it partial? Do you only forgive halfway? I will forgive you, but don't expect me to forget this. 
I will hold this. I forgive you, but just get out of my life. I don't ever want to see or talk or know that you exist, but I forgive you. Or I'll forgive you until this happens again. I'm just letting you know and putting you on notice that if this happens again, you know, my forgiveness is a one-time thing. Oh, gosh. Just sitting before the Lord, Lord, how do I forgive? Is my forgiveness delayed? You know what? I'll forgive you someday. Just give me, give me some time, and I'll get there. That's not the way the Lamb of God forgives. And if we're going to be people after his heart, people that have the lamb sauce, we have to forgive the way that he does. Sometimes we forgive and even think we forgive, but in our subconscious we're waiting for that moment for that person to mess up so we can just stick it to them. And we don't even know that we haven't forgiven. If you're going to have the lamb sauce, if you're going to be a person after his heart, then you have to have what Chuck Swindoll calls rhinoceros thick skin. Rhinoceroses don't have pretty skin. For those of our ladies of you, you know, we're focused on anti-aging. Rhinoceros skin skin does not sound pretty, right? But it's tough. And the smallest thing doesn't break it doesn't hurt it. It doesn't damage it. Especially for those of you that God is calling into a position of leadership. If you don't have armor-plated skin, you will not survive. You will not survive unless you have that rhinoceros armor-plated skin. Now, that doesn't mean that you have a hardness of heart. That is not what I'm talking about. It's not where, okay, I forgive, but, you know, I just won't let anyone near me, and I'll shut everyone out, and then I'll never get hurt. No, what God is saying is that if you're going to be a person after his heart, a person he is using for his glory, then there is a 100% chance, 100% chance that you are going to be hurt by someone. It's going to happen. If God's going to use you, it's going to happen. And in that moment, you have to ask yourself. We have to ask ourselves, am I going to be offended or am I going to be a person that forgives? And doesn't just forgive partially or conditionally or delayed, but forgives the way that the Lamb of God forgives. No questions, no limits, no holes barred. Am I going to be like the lamb? Again, he's crying out, where's the lamb sauce? He wants to know where it is. Which brings us to the fourth ingredient, the secret ingredient. That's on the back of your notes. You know, every sauce has a secret ingredient. I love this. I go to my grandma's in Texas, and every time I come back, I come back like 10 pounds heavier. It's amazing. Um, But all she does is cook all day, all day long from morning. I mean, I wake up and there's cheesecake in the refrigerator. Um, But she loves to cook and make sauces, and she'll tell me, you know, oh, I stuck this in here, and, you know, people always ask what's in my sauce, but I don't tell them. You know, she tells me, like, this is is the secret. This is what's in here. This is what makes it good. So if you're going to be people after God's heart, there is a secret ingredient 
So I want everybody to be a, pay attention because this is a big one. You want and you love all the things that he does. You want and you love all the things that he does. A true man or woman after his heart. Acts 13.22, it refers to David centuries after his reign. So long after he's, he's gone, God had this to say about him. He said, I've searched the land and found this David, son of Jesse. He's a man whose heart beats to my heart, a man who will do what I tell him. I love the way the Passion Translation puts it very passionately. It says, I have found in David, son of Jesse, a man who always pursues my heart and will accomplish all, not some, but all that I have destined him to do. I'm a word nerd, so I like to kind of look up what terms mean and get a better understanding. Um, the term after my own heart means that you like and dislike all the same things that someone else does. Like you're after my heart. So if you came to the Coda house and you brought tacos, you would be a person after our heart. And we would be so excited, you know? You love and dislike the things that that person does. That's why, you know, when we meet that special someone, we're like, oh, they're after my heart. They like those things. We connected. We felt a connection. God wants to connect with you. He wants to know that you like and dislike the same things that he does. You not only have to love the same things, but you have to hate the same things. Wow. I got to hate the things that he hates. Yeah, you can't just love all the good stuff. So let's look at the things God hates. So Proverbs 16, 16 through 17 tells us that he hates the following. First, eyes that are arrogant, a tongue that lies, hands that murder the innocent. I want to be really clear. There is a whole, there's a many ways to murder someone, and it's not always physically. You can murder their spirit, their sense of self. Our words can murder. Next, a heart that hatches evil plots. Feet that race down a wicked track. A mouth that lies under oath. And we're not just talking about in court, but are you a person of your word? And finally, a troublemaker in the family. Ooh, that one's more common than we think. Are we stirring up trouble in the family? Not just our families, but the family of God. God says, I hate that. And if you're going to be a person after God's heart, you must hate that too. So as people that are going to be used by God, can we say that we hate those things? Or do we, there's a couple on the list where it's like, oh, maybe in the right circumstances, if everything aligns perfectly, I'm okay with that one. Are we people after his heart? So let's kind of bring it up and talk about the things he loves. Because I know we went, we went deep right there. So let's go ahead and look at what he loves. Because this is the exciting part. He loves a humble heart. He loves a tongue that speaks truth. Hands that serve and protect the innocent. A heart, again, that forgives like he does. Feet 
that walk in his ways, a true witness, and a person who sows peace and unity in the family of God. Are you sowing peace and unity in the family of God? That not only means your family. If, if we know the Lord, we're all part of the same family. So it doesn't just mean when you're at home. It applies when you're at home, but it also applies when you're at church, when you're with other believers. Are you sowing peace and unity in the family of God? Because that's what he loves. This very moment, right now, even as we're sitting here, God is searching the earth. He is searching this weary and broken and hurting world. And he's calling out, where's the lamb sauce? Where's the lamb sauce? People, after my heart. As the worship team comes, we know from our memory verse today, we talked about it, that he is always on the alert and constantly on the lookout for people he can use for his glory. We talked about this early on, that the people he's looking for are nobodies. This morning, do you feel insignificant? Maybe you've walked in and you feel like a nobody. I'm not anyone special. He is looking for you. He is looking and searching and always on the lookout for you. He wants to have a relationship with you. He wants to use you for his glory. He wants to do things in and through you that you cannot begin to ask or think or even imagine. And all you have to do, all I have to do, is say yes. All we have to do is say yes. Will you, and I commit today to being a person after his heart. When God spoke to me in the middle of the night, I had to make a decision. What am I going to do with this? God, you're telling me this, so what am I going to do with it? It wasn't just so I could like fancily like make note of it and, oh, this would make a great message. No, this is something he's speaking to his church. He's calling out, will you commit to be a person after my heart? There's a space on your notes today. I want to ask you to be authentic and honest with the Lord and tell him, yes, I want to be committed to be a person after your heart. Or maybe no. You know what? I just, it's not what I want. I don't think I like the ingredients in the lamb sauce and I'm good where I am. Or maybe, you know what? You've sparked something this morning. God, the Holy Spirit has spoken something to me and I got to think about this. I got to ruminate. I don't, know, I don't know how I feel about it. But what's important is that you're honest because making no decision is making a decision. If you put it off, you've already made the decision. So it's important in that space in your notes, just between you and the Lord, Lord, I am committing to make that decision. And I want to be clear. It's not a one-time thing. David, as much as we love him, as much as he was an incredible man of God, he was incredibly flawed. And throughout his ministry, 
he made some really big mistakes. But you know what he said? He cried out to the Lord, and we can read it in the Psalms. Created me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit in me. Because getting a right heart and a right spirit isn't a one-time thing. It requires renewal. It requires making that decision over and over. When I wake up in the morning, when I go to bed, when I get up again. Do you need renewal in your heart today? Do you need renewal? Maybe instead of humility, some pride has gotten in there. Maybe instead of being authentic, you've been faking it. And the Holy Spirit is telling that to you. Maybe some unforgiveness has begun to creep in. Or maybe your forgiveness is conditional or delayed. Or maybe you've just stopped loving the things he loves. But I know the Holy Spirit right now, this very moment in this room, is revealing, just like he did in my bed at night. Brianna, are you a person after my heart? Check your heart. What's going on? He's doing that right now in this room. And he's crying out, where's the lamb sauce? Can you imagine what your life would look like if you said yes? Can you imagine the things he wants to do in and through you if you say yes. For those of you that have never asked Jesus into your heart, who have never had a relationship with God, you can get on base with him right now. It's so easy. All you have to do is believe. Believe that he is the son of God. Admit, admit that just like David, man, I've messed up. I've done some things that I'm not proud of. I've missed the mark. Accepting his forgiveness. Lord, thank you that you forgive me. No holes barred. Surrender your life to him. Say, Lord, here's my life. Today, I'm not only going to check a box on the back of my notes, but I'm actually going to live it authentically. And I'm going to express it in a prayer right now. So I'm going to pray two prayers this morning as we pray with one another. One for those of you that want a relationship with Jesus, who have never had that before. And one for those of you who have maybe answered his call, but your heart has strayed. And you don't want the things he wants anymore. And your heart needs renewal. Or maybe you've been a person after God's heart. Just like that season I had in high school. Lord, I'm after your heart. But all this is happening. And it's not how I see it or how I want it. But I want to keep my heart right so I need renewal. Maybe that's you this morning. Would you take a moment and pray with me just with our papers down and our, our eyes closed? For those of you that want to accept the Lord, Lord, I believe that you are the Son of God. I believe that you are who you say you are. And I admit that I've fallen short. I've done things I'm not proud of. I've grieved your heart. And I need the forgiveness that you offer. Thank you. I accept it. The forgiveness that has no limits. I need that in my life and I need you and I surrender 
Holy Spirit, I surrender my life. Take it and do what you want. I want to be a person after your heart, and I am expressing it with my words in this moment, in this prayer. Thank you for coming in. I want to live for your glory. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, Pastor Rainier or I would love to speak with you after service. If you're watching online, you can go ahead and type me into the chat and someone will connect with you about the decision that you've made. And now we're gonna pray for God to renew our hearts. So come on, church. We're gonna do this together. Lord, we just ask you to renew our hearts. We come in humility. We ask you to forgive us of our pride, of the things that have crept in, of us wanting our own way. We stand here open and honest and authentic before you, Jesus. We ask you to forgive us for our unforgiveness, for not forgiving the way that you do. And we're so grateful that you love us with no limits. And we make the decision today to love others and forgive others that way too. And Lord, we wanna be people after your heart. We wanna love the things you love and hate the things that you hate. We want you to look down and see the lamb sauce flowing, bringing you glory and praise and honor. So we ask you to come and renew us, Holy Spirit. Make our hearts right before you. We are people today deciding to be after your heart. Amen.